Can the Chargers fix their defense in the 2022 offseason? And did anybody see the 40 times those receivers are running at the combine? It's Fan Mail Friday, so we're getting into that and more on today's Locked On Chargers podcast. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogelmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, and this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thank you for making us your first listen, and as always, to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel, and also follow the show for free on all platforms. But David, it is Fan Mail Friday, so thank you to everyone who contributed to get onto today's show. We're going to be starting with a great question about the Chargers and if they're going to be able and if we trust them to be able to fix their defense, one of the worst defenses in the league last year, this offseason. We'll also talk about some of those crazy 40 times we saw at the Combine yesterday. Guys were moving and the Chargers need somebody like that. And then we'll get into a bunch of more great voicemail questions and Twitter questions getting if the charge should trade for Saquon Barkley do you want to add a tight end like Dalton Schultz should they trade up or down in the 2022 NFL draft all that on today's show but we're starting David I think with a great question that we got on Twitter thank you to everyone again this one is from Sherd who asked do you trust the Bolts to be able to get the pieces on defense to help Staley run it the way it should be ran so I think this is a great question we appreciate the question do we trust them, David? I mean, the thing is, is I think the real question is, can they, right? Like, and I think the other thing is, is can they find the guys to fit Brandon Staley's system or are you asking if they can be a good defense, right? Because I think those might be two different things. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think if you're looking at this and you and you minus Brandon Staley from the equation and you ask, do you trust Tom Telesco by himself to be able to turn over this defense and improve it? I don't know if I'm that confident after what he has shown us in this past 10 years. But you add Brandon Staley to the equation, you saw the effect on the free agency signings and the draft picks that he had. And then I think you you consider that, and I think you're a lot more hopeful, a lot more optimistic that Brandon Staley is going to be able to provide the input to Tom Telesco and say, hey, Tom, these are the guys that I'm looking for. These are the guys that I need to be able to orchestrate my defense the way I want to. If you want to see that number one defense in the NFL that I had with the Rams, then these are the type of pieces that I'm going to need. Yeah, well, and the thing is, it's hard to throw an Aaron Donald and a Jalen Ramsey into your shopping cart, but we know that the Chargers have the foundational pieces, right? They have the Joey Bosa. They have the Derwin James. That's two very important parts, but you need more out of the rest of the defense. You need more depth on the defense. And I think the hardest thing for me right now is imagining the Chargers being an elite defense in 2022, just because it's coming from so far, right? Like they have so much of a gap to try and bridge next season, but I do think they can find more players, right? I mean, I think they still can find players that are going to fit Brandon Staley's system better, right? And the thing is with the Rams is like, he went into that with the team he had for only one season and had the best defense, right? He didn't have to go, and pick guys and get to build that over a couple of years. He did it in the first season, and they obviously were more ready than the Chargers were. I think it does scare me as well, just Tom Telesco's comments about, oh, you know, I thought they would learn the defense faster than the defense did, and that's a big contributor to why the defense maybe didn't live up to the hype. 
that's a little different. I mean, I'm not sure how much I'm buying that, but I definitely, I guess I could see it with how much they struggled last year. But are these new guys going to struggle in the same way to catch up to what he wants to do and the complexities of his defense? Obviously, if he's drafting guys from colleges where he knows they're running something similar or easier, you know, transition for them. But I think that is something that I'm thinking about. But it obviously just starts with a ton of resources having to be poured into it. And I was going to say, at least, Daniel, we know the Chargers have the resources to be able to pour into it. That's the number one thing, at least going in, <clears throat> going into this offseason. You know they have a lot of money, the third most cap space in the league, and they got a lot of draft picks. So they're going to have a lot of swings to be able to hit those home runs. Obviously, you're not going to hit on every free agent you bring in. You're not going to hit on every draft pick that you bring in. But the Chargers are going to have a whole lot of opportunities to go out there and hit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it starts with also, you know, deciding to let some guys go from that defense to try to bring in new blood because you can't resign everybody, right? Everyone's echoed that sentiment. And it's not just going to be the easy decisions like the, you know, Chris Harris Juniors or even to a lesser extent, Limbaugh Joseph, just because of his age, right? It probably means right. letting a guy like Kazir White go potentially, letting a guy like Uchen Nwosu go potentially. I mean, those are all realistic options for the Chargers, but what it would mean, though, if you're not signing those guys to multi-year deals, is probably signing other impact defensive players instead, right? So that is the trade-off, but the one thing we did see Brandon Staley do last year with Tom Telesco is let the guys from the previous regime go, Hunter Henry, Rayshon Jenkins, the entire offensive line, right, and bring in more guys that fit what he wanted to do better, mostly on the offensive side. Now we're going to see how he can do that on the defensive side, trying to retool that unit and get them where it needs to be. And it's a long ways away. So I think that is a great question. I think the Chargers can get a respectable defense, right? Top 15 defense, I think, is definitely something. And that, that would be a do. marked improvement, too, Daniel. I mean, you got a top 15 defense with, with you know, presumably a top five offense again. Uh, I mean, that would be humongous. If you just don't have to put everything on Justin Herbert's shoulders and you can rely on the defense to get you a couple more stops, a couple more interceptions, a couple more turnovers to get more opportunities for Justin Herbert, like that's all going to benefit this whole franchise. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, you know, getting more pressure, creating more turnovers, creating more offensive possessions for your high-powered offense. And I think that's the other part of this too is adding on to the offense like you know, we heard Tom Telesco talking about and Brandon Staley talk about and one of our longtime listeners, Curtis Loki, has a voicemail just about that. Appreciate you, Curtis, and your support for many years. We appreciate you. Let's hear what Curtis has for us. Curtis Loki, uh, just couldn't help but be on Twitter and then come across some of, uh, I guess, Tom Telesco had a news conference or something like that, and he was suggesting that, you know, he didn't want the offense to take a step back and he wanted to around Herbert with more weapons. So I thought that was pretty exciting um, to hear, you know. Um, maybe it's just coach speak, if you will, but I, I, uh, I'm hoping for a speed element. I don't know if that necessarily means uh, at 17, but just thought I'd throw it out there. And, uh, yeah, that's the show. Go Bolts. Yeah, David, and I mean, when you hear something like that, it makes you think of all the crazy 40 times that we saw. I mean, the official ones are still crazy, even though they're nowhere near as crazy as the unofficial ones. I was telling people yesterday, I bet online 4-2-2. I mean, I don't think anybody's breaking that. And for a second, it looked like somebody was going to. I thought I gave a ton of bad advice on the last show, and it could still be done, right? But it does make me think of the great days guys had, right? A ton of th four threes and below out there. I mean, guys in four, like high four twos low four threes. I mean, that's a ton of speed, David, in this draft class, whether it's at 17 or even if they want to wait and take somebody else. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is, I mean, if you're looking at this list, and I, I got some of these names on here, Taquan Thornton, 428, four, yeah. Velas Jones, 431, Calvin Austin, 432, I mean, even Chris Olave, a 439, who originally was in the, the low 4-2, so that was like a four, two, huge six. change. Yeah. yeah, it's a huge change from that for that one. But my point here is just there's options up and down the draft to add speed. And if they don't come out of this draft with someone who's running, you know, and, and blowing, you know, blowing smoke out of their ears and, you know, you feel the flames off their feet, then there, there really is no excuse. That would be a, a giant failure and a, a, a very big misstep because – Clearly, after you know watching these guys run their forty times, there's options at the top all the way to the bottom of the draft. There are, and I mean Calvin Austin's a guy that we talked about before, right? That could make sense. A guy who shined at the Senior Bowl. You could say the same thing about Christian Watson, right? The North Dakota State guy who is a big-bodied receiver out there running a four-three-eight. You know, the guy at four-three-six, and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave both running sub-four-fours. I mean, Chris Olave at four-three-nine. That's still ridiculous given that dude's skill set and everything else he brings to the table. Like that's yes. only, you know, borderline top end speed while also being probably the best route runner in this draft class and definitely the smoothest wild. at the very least. And now everyone's like, Olave, Olave at 17. Did I have been saying that right? And now it's like, I don't even know if he makes it there, but that was before the official time came out, but it's still ridiculous. And there are going to be guys that are going to fall through the cracks that run fast, but you have to be able to be more than fast. For Brandon Staley to take a chance on you, as he talked about, and it's true. I mean, just being fast—if you just look said at said you got to be able to run the tree, right? If you look at just the fastest forty times ever, there's not a lot of very good wide receivers on that list. So it takes definitely more than that. But we do have more to get into in Fan Mail Friday, and we'll keep it moving. Next, we'll be talking about if Mike Williams should be the Chargers' number one priority in free agency, and if the Chargers should move up or down in the draft upcoming. Because I mean, there's a lot of options for them. Maybe a team wants to leapfrog another team. And the Chargers could trade back potentially. But the one thing I do have to tell you guys, though, is BetOnline.net is the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And great thing that you guys didn't listen to my advice about the 40, but there's still some corners to run. It's still not safe yet. But that's one of the great things about BetOnline is just all the great props and things that they have on their website right now with the 40 times, seeing if anyone's going to beat the bench press record, seeing what time, you know, Rich Eisen's 40 time is going to be. I love prop bets. I love the Super Bowl. I love all that kind of stuff. And BetOnline.net is the number one place to go. And they have a ton of tournaments and competitions there where you guys can enter and win big as well. But it's not just football. It's not just basketball. But basketball has March Madness coming up. So I shouldn't have to tell you much more than that, though. You can also get UFC, boxing, and everything else that you're looking for. Because BetOnline is the number one place for all of your sports action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David, we're going to keep it moving here on Fan Mail Friday, and we have more voicemails that we have to get into. So I want to start here with a question that I think has been a constant question during this offseason, and it's what to do with Mike Williams. So I think we have a new caller here, Mike from Milwaukee. Let's hear what he asked for us. Guys, this is Mike from Milwaukee. I just wanted to say thank you for being our Locked On Chargers guys. I really appreciate the updates and the content you guys provide. I just wanted to say that I think it should be a priority, priority one, to get Mike Williams back. And then from there, we should get uh, Nuosu and um, the defensive side. Anyway, thanks, guys, for the content. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's funny because you wouldn't think that's a controversial take, right, with Mike Williams in his production last year, even given the inconsistencies of his career. But, David, I mean, it is one of those things where it is a split decision for Mike Williams, and it is a tough decision because it is hard to pay somebody that much 
off of one really solid, well-balanced, right, put it all together kind of year like Mike Williams had last year. But yeah, I mean, usually if you have a guy who's putting up, you know, top 15 receiver numbers, he should probably be one of your priorities. But do you think it is Mike Williams and then everybody else as far as the Chargers internal free agents? Yes, I do. I, I think it, it definitely is Mike Williams, number one, and it's just based off of what everyone else has been saying ab- around him about the organization. Guys who make the decisions, the, the shot callers here, Brandon Staley, uh, all day talking to, uh, on media, uh, you know, at the scouting combine, speaking with di- different people in the media, speaking very glowingly about, about Mike Williams, Tom Telesco, every single time they, they talk about him, they always rave about him. Um, I just think it's it's very clear to them that Mike Williams is very clear. But the one thing you, everyone needs to remember is that the Chargers keep all of their cards close to the vest. Like they don't leak anything that does not happen. So you're not going to know uh, about anything that happens until they release it. That's just how they do things. So I do expect the Chargers are going to get something done with Mike Williams, whether that is a franchise tag or a long-term extension. I don't think he's going anywhere. I do believe he is the number one priority, no doubt. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I guess the next biggest question is which of the defensive guys you would want the most back, right? Is it Uchenna? Is it Kazir White? Right? Personally, I mean, I for me, it's Kazir White. I, I, I mean, I, I know that Uchenna, they love Uchenna and everything, what he, everything that he does and what he brings to the table. But I think if you're looking at these two position positions on the field and who is playing them at a higher level, I think it's Kaiser White. He's playing linebacker at a higher level than Uchenna as a pass rusher and the things that now Uchenna definitely turned it on. And I've mentioned it many times on the show. He's definitely turned it on late, you know, towards the end of the end of the season. Things started to click. But I think you saw a, a, a complete year out of Kaiser White. And I think this is a system where he can get even better and better um, as he gets settled into that role. So personally, I think he's the bigger priority for me. Yeah, and I think, honestly, out of the two of them, I think Kazir White's the one that's most likely to leave. And I think that just goes back to, you know, how you value linebackers and the contracts you're going to give out at that position as opposed to giving a contract out as an edge player, right? And thinking you could potentially get a, a cheap linebacker to fill in and be an average player, something along those lines, just the way that they value it. Because this isn't Brandon Staley, you know, and his coaching staff that ended up taking, you know, trading up for Kenneth Murray. So, like... I don't think, you know, and he showed in when he was in Los Angeles with the Rams that I I don't know how much they value linebackers like that. And at the end of the season, when you're putting Kenneth Murray on the field, it doesn't really seem like you value Kizier White. And he definitely hasn't gotten the praise that some of those other guys have had. But we do have another question here about the draft and what the Chargers should do with the 17th pick. Let's see what Sam has for us this week. Sam from Northwest Florida, got a question for you. I was reading an article the other day that was speaking to how many actual first-round graded players were in this year's draft? And their number was anywhere between 9 and 11. With that being said, does that change your calculus if you're Tom Telesco and trading down or potentially trading the pick away to either move up or take a shot at a high-profile free agent? So look forward to your uh, comments. Thanks. Well, I, mean, I think that's a great question, right? I mean, I think that, you know, I don't know if the draft class will push the Chargers to be more aggressive in free agency or not. I mean, I think you should be more aggressive just so you have less dire needs once you get to the draft to give you more flexibility to make sure that you're not reaching. But getting to the other part of it, would you go up or down, David, if you were to trade in the, for the Chargers in the first round? 
I mean, there's just so much that needs to be figured out beforehand as far as free agency to to to, to determine what exactly they need to address. Terrible in the draft. answer. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's the right answer. I mean, because it's we not. just don't. I'll tell you the right. It answer. is. I mean, oh, okay, yeah, please do that. But for mm-hmm. me personally, I just don't know uh, if you can just sit here right now um, in March and say I am definitely going to trade back or I am going to trade trade up because. Who's to tell you who's going to be there? I mean, who knows? The draft every single year, there are players that get taken way earlier than you think and then way later than you think. So, you know, just because there are 9 to 11 graded players out there, uh, that doesn't mean that that's exactly what the Chargers board looks like or every uh, any other board uh, in the NFL for any other team. So um, I, don't, I don't know if we can really um, put – um, a quantity on whether you want to trade up or, or trade back at this point. I mean, for me, it's trading back because I just don't think there's going to be the top tier talent that's there. I mean, obviously, there's always a chance that somebody falls to you, but I think if you're not finding the edge rusher that you want because five go before you, if all the big time tackles are off the board and you're picking from the second tier of tackles, yeah. if the big cornerbacks that you want are off the board and you're picking from the second tier of cornerbacks, right? Or the third tier of cornerbacks, potentially that's a trade back scenario. And you could have someone, but there's not a lot of trade partners. That's the big thing about trading back. You have to find someone who's willing to dance and that's what the Chargers would need. And there's really only one team that makes sense. And that'd be the Steelers trying to move up ahead of the saints to take a quarterback. But this is a terrible quarterback class. Yeah, I was going to say, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that are going to go. I mean, somebody could trade up for something else, right? It doesn't have to be a quarterback, but those are the ones that are most likely. Those are the ones that people are usually moving in the first round to go and get. And with a draft class like this, I don't know if there are the guys there that you want to jump to try to go and get. Because the Chargers could try to leapfrog the Eagles, right? If somebody like Sauce, you know, falls down and is about to get to the Eagles and they think the Eagles have similar needs to them, maybe they try to leapfrog them. But I, I think it's much more likely the Chargers trade back even though they've never done it in the first round. So we do have another voicemail I want to get into here in this segment, though. It's from Eddie asking about a specific free agent, a tight end who could help the Chargers offense out. Let's hear what Eddie has for us this week. This is Eddie, an East Coast Bulls fan. I was curious your guys' thoughts on Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys, what you think he would cost, chances of him landing here. I don't think the Cowboys can keep everybody with their cap salary situation. Just a thought. Thanks. So, David, I mean, Dalton Schultz put together a hell of a season last year, right? A very, very productive tight end. But according to Pro Football Focus, he's projected to get a four-year, $13 million on average per season deal, which would be $52 million over four seasons, which is a lot. And the Chargers didn't pay Hunter Henry that. He just put together a season that Hunter Henry never had. He put together a better season than Hunter Henry ever had. But it's hard for me to imagine the Chargers shelling out that much for a tight end. Yeah, I mean, the last tight end that they brought into the fold signed a $4.5 million contract, and of course, that's Jared Cook. So I don't know, um, just looking at all of the other holes that, that the Chargers will, that they obviously have on the defensive side and just all over their football team, I don't think you can divert that many, that amount of resources to it to, to the tight end position when there are clearly more important needs that need to be addressed beforehand. And there's a lot of tight ends in this class that you can get and and feel pretty comfortable that you're going to get the type of production that the Chargers need out of that tight end group. I think they have a couple of, of players already in that group that you like. 
you know, with Donald Parham, Steven Anderson does some good things. Trey McKitty's a up and coming good young player does what you ask him to do. I think there's already some elements in that room. I think uh, the best way to go as far as just cost effectiveness is to just grab a, a grab an option out of the draft. If they're going to pay, you know, double digit millions for someone, I want them to spend that on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, for me specifically, especially if you're going to bring back Mike Williams, because there's only so much space, but there's only so much time. We have more voicemails and Twitter questions that we want to get into, or at least fan mail Friday questions we want to get into, including should the Chargers trade for Saquon Barkley, right? Something that has been floating around there in Chargers social media. And also how, you know, what will the running back room look like? when the Chargers put together this 2022 roster? Maybe the most important question, pancakes or waffles? But mostly running backs. But I need to tell you guys about the snack that keeps me running back. And, of course, I'm talking about Bilt Bars, my favorite protein bars. And when you're talking about something that you want to eat every day, you need something that tastes great and you need great flavors. You need the variety. And that's what I love about Bilt Bar. You're getting something that feels like you're cheating on your diet while also getting something that's great for you as well. It has to taste great, but you're also getting you know 17 grams per bar of protein on average, right? You're getting less than four grams of sugar, less than four grams of net carbs. You can't really ask for much more as far as built Bar, especially when you're getting flavors like cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel. The list goes on and on. You can get a mix box so you can try all of what built Bar has to offer. But this is a great time to get built Bars because you can save some money with the Locked On Chargers podcast. Since you are a listener, you can save 15% off at built.com. That's 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, continuing here on Fan Mail Friday, and thank you to everyone again who checked us out and made us your first listen today. And make sure you guys, for your second listener, checking out Locked On NFL so you can keep up to date with everything going on around the league. The best Locked On experts covering the biggest stories from around the NFL Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. But, David, we have more great voicemails to get to. And if you guys want to get on the voicemails, and the Twitter questions in this case, make sure to call on to 323-524-7924. But a great batch today. And we have one really good question here that I think a lot of Charger fans are asking themselves right now from Rendog on Twitter. Asked, what are your thoughts on the Chargers trading for Saquon Barkley? And if you're interested, what is the most you're willing to give up for him? I would say give them Josh Kelly and a fifth or even a fourth. So let's start this by saying that Josh Kelly, I don't know, is like has no trade value. Sorry, <laughs> it might be negative trade value dude, mm. because I mean his contract is guaranteed, so you will take some dead money even if you cut him. But I think it's tough because, like, you know, yeah, you want to give some time to develop, but at a certain time, I'm not saying this is him, but there are going to be guys that just don't have it right, and that just right. doesn't work out at the next level, and you have to be willing to make those big decisions as well. As far as training for Saquon. He's on the fifth-year option right now. It's $7 million deal. You could try to trade for him. I am staying 100% away. Yeah, I mean, as far as what it takes, uh, there's a good tweet from Dan Dugan from The Athletic who said, surveying sources in Indy, the consensus trade value for James Bradbury is a third-round pick, and Saquon Barkley is a fourth-round pick. So a fourth-round pick, um, you know, $7.2 million on that fifth-year option. Um, he had a couple of really good seasons to start his career but then the injuries started to come, and they, these were big injuries, big significant injuries. And the, the biggest red flag for me is, is that last year when we were watching him, um, it just didn't seem like he had that same burst acceleration that that made him such a special player the first couple of years that he was in the league. And I don't know. Uh, I'm not convinced that he's going to be able to get that same juice back um, for that reason and for just the overall cost of the contract. Um, it's a no for me. 
Tatum's playing Shark Tank over here with the Chargers free agents and trade partners. But yeah, I mean, I don't obviously in a vacuum, like Saquon Barkley at his peak is well worth a fourth round pick, right? But in this case, it's a one year deal. Are you going to extend him after that? I doubt it when you have Austin Eckler already on a multi year extension. And just, I don't know if the Chargers are trying to pay running backs like that, even though they were willing to pay at one point Melvin Gordon, but Austin Eckler eventually. Right. So I, I don't think it would happen. I understand why people would be intrigued by, you know, him getting back to that guy, but that's three years ago at this point. So I don't want to be the team that bets on him and potentially, you know, loses for $7 million in cap space just for this season. Yeah. But we have more questions, especially, you know, ones re- revolving around running backs. We have Donald Rickert on Twitter as well who asks, who ends up being in the running back room for the charge next season? And rookie is an adequate answer. If y'all think they're going to draft one. So if they do draft one, David, it would be three seasons in a row. There are two seasons in a row that they draft a running back with Josh Kelly in the fourth after they traded up for Kenneth Murray. And then last year, Larry Roundtree in the sixth round. So are they, I mean, <laughs> are they going to draft another running back? Cause I think, I, I don't know if they're going to go spend in free agency on a running back. I mean, I think if you're spending free agency dollars, unless it's literally dirt cheap, like I just can't imagine them bringing in a multi-year contract running back. With all the other needs and the you know the impact players that could potentially you know add a right tackle or you know even if it's a tight end or anything you know before you get down to that need on your list, but I do think it is Austin Eckler. May Justin Jackson's the tough one. I think it is Austin Eckler. I think it's Larry Roundtree. I think it's Josh Kelly. But I think I think it will be a rookie. I think there's going to be another rookie. Maybe it's Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, a rookie. And then Larry Roundtree and Josh Kelly are battling it out. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen too. I just, yeah. you know, and I think the sweet or an spot. Or undrafted free agent potentially too. Is that yeah, for sure. I think the sweet spot for that is that, you know, those several sixth, seventh round picks that they have, why not throw, add, uh, and add another, you know, dart throw the dartboard there. Some at good running back backs in this draft to try, too. Yeah, to try to find that, that partner that is going to really fit with Austin Eckler. And I think, you know, you definitely want to look at a bigger profile running back to try to pair with him. And, you know, Hey, you have that many draft picks. Why not give it a shot and try it again? Uh, the cost value differential from signing a free agent versus just drafting another running back is obviously in the favor of just taking another stab at a draft pick. Yeah. And I, I mean, it does make you a little bit nervous because like the charge of that better, you know, time not drafting running backs and like i mean danny wood has one of their best running backs obviously and that was a free agent signing so like at least some success signing free agents but then there's also a donald brown to even things out who was terrible even like ronnie brown wasn't great for them so i mean it's tough i do think there are some good backs in this draft and i wouldn't mind the chargers trying again in the draft if they're willing to move on from one of the other two guys that hasn't worked out so far both guys are averaging in the twos in yards per carry last season behind the same offensive line that Austin Eckler and Justin Daxon were doing pretty good behind, right? So yeah. there's not a lot of excuses except very small sample size. It's a small sample size for sure, especially with Larry Roundtree only coming off of his rookie season. But with Josh Kelly now, it's two years of uninspiring play, and I just don't know how long you stick with it. I don't know what he's exactly bringing to the table for the Chargers, and I even Tom Telesco was willing to say that the Chargers need better Behind love the Austin kid, Eckler. love the smile, but the production just hasn't matched, unfortunately. <laughs> when if, if Tom Telesco's outwardly, you know, saying like we need more from a position, when he said that, you know, Sam Tevy had left tackle feet, like <laughs> that's crazy because he goes out of his way to kind of, you know, build up the guys they have and say, oh, we're good at that position. He didn't say that about running backs, 
So you didn't say that about tight ends, too. So that was interesting. But I think that's how it kind of shakes out. You bring back Justin Jackson, but you're not content with that. You're also bringing in someone else. That's just kind of what the feeling I have of it is yeah. right now. But let's get to the last most important question here, David. And it is from Blake's dad, a.k.a. Donnie from Wisconsin on Twitter, who asked the hard-hitting questions that, you know, I don't know if you're ready to answer. And it is pancakes or waffles? Oh, it's automatically pancakes for me. <laughs> I'm a huge pancakes guy. I love it. We um, didn't talk about this. Soft, the show. fluffy, with butter, just absolutely drenched in syrup. It's 100% pancakes for me. If they're hot right off of the uh, off the Iron Man, it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, if we were like betting on what the most, you know, the best breakfast food is on Bet Online, there's no, pancakes wouldn't be in the top like seven or eight. Blasphemy. I mean, it, it's waffle. It's waffles all day. I mean, I think <sighs> it's much easier to find a good pancake, which I appreciate because I think there's plenty of places you can find good pancakes. But a good waffle is better than a good pancake every day of the week. I mean, you have the crevices. For the syrup to get in there and pull into it, you're not just getting some soggy mess. You have some structure to it. Waffle, way higher draft pick than a pancake. It, I mean, that's Dan that, is ridiculous. an old soul, and this is just another example <laughs> an, as to why. Yes. It's an old person thing. No, I mean, I, I terrible. I mean, hit us up on Twitter at Locked On if you have a strong opinion on this. Pancakes or waffles? We're putting a poll out there. We're going to get to the bottom of this one way or another. I'm just. I mean, I'm a little bit flabbergasted right now because me and David did not talk about this not before the all. show. So, like, I just totally <laughs> assumed it was an easy answer and that we were both going to go with waffles, and he just came out of left field with pancakes. So, pancakes are fine. <laughs> you know, pancakes, pancakes are awesome. Pancake. I mean, the thing is also, I don't eat a lot of breakfast. Like, if I'm eating breakfast, Same. which I normally don't, I'm going breakfast burritos. I live in San Diego. I'm, I'm going breakfast burritos every time, but... Oh yeah, if I was in San Diego, that's just, it's the same exact thing for sure. And the I breakfast burritos are in this conversation, but they're it's not. not it's for pancakes. pancake or breakfast burrito, unfortunately. But, I mean, there's so much you can do too: chocolate chip, blueberry, banana nut. I mean, pecan. You name it. Sure. There's so many different amazing versatile. things you can it's do versatile. with pancakes. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it versatility, but give me the dominant traits over versatility. Give me being really good at one thing, which is. You don't need the you know funfetti cake frosting all over it. You don't need pecans. You don't need any of that stuff. You just need good syrup, butter, great waffle. You're in business. That's my argument. That's the hill I'm willing to die on, even though I'm not a big breakfast guy. But great question from Donnie. I didn't know this would be splitting up podcast friends uh, <laughs> when you asked that question. But I love the question, and I love you guys for you know coming in and contributing and helping out the show and Thank making you. the show yours in your own way. And I'm sorry for everyone we couldn't get to uh some had some late responses but hey great job on the voicemails getting them down close to 30 seconds if you guys want to get in on that action it's 323-524-7924 for the lockdown charge voicemail line and you can also follow me on twitter at dan talk sports and david drogmeyer on twitter at drotalk sd but we got mock draft monday coming up again david looking at some more second round pick options for the chargers the draft stuff will be heating up but we got free agency right around the corner unofficial free agency march 14th real-time content for all of the real-time fans baby. out there, and we appreciate you guys sticking with us through the offseason every single day on our Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. So make sure to subscribe there every day for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from, Spotify, you know, Apple Podcasts, or wherever. And make sure you guys are checking out the Locked On NFL Draft Show as well. If you want to get updated with all these draft picks, check out, you know, a show that has 
Ryan Tracy from Lockdown Chiefs. They all can get, you know, also have Eric Crocker, a former NFL player as well. A lot of great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network. But thank you guys for listening to ours and making us your first listen. We'll be back with you guys on Mock Draft Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.